You are listening to Everywhere You Are, a podcast produced by the Dawson Women's Ministry. At Dawson, we recognize that women's ministry is not a class or a club you join. Ministry is not confined to the four walls of a church building, and it's not limited by life stages or circumstances. Rather, ministry is living a life of service everywhere you are. This podcast seeks to encourage you everywhere you are, in the laundry room, driving carpool, at work, preparing a meal, or exercising. We believe God calls each of us to be ministers at all times, in all places. Welcome to Everywhere You Are. In this episode, we discuss being peacemakers with guests Carrie Carty and Phyllis Lyons. Some of what we discover is that everyone is called to be a peacemaker and that it looks different during varying stages of life. As you listen, think about what peace looks like in your life right now. Is it a time when you can be still and quiet? Is it taking a moment to breathe before you speak? Is it driving somebody somewhere yet again? We hope this conversation will help you experience peace no matter what your circumstances look like. Welcome to Everywhere You Are. I'm Rachel Langston, and today we're talking about being peacemakers. Sarah Morlant is our co-host, and our guests today are Carrie Carty and Phyllis Lyons. Phyllis, where are you today? Here. (laughs) (laughs) No, um, I, my husband and I joined Dawson a year ago um, specifically to uh, facilitate a divorce recovery class called Divorce Care. Mm-hmm. And um, Dawson has been wonderful in helping us make it so easy to teach. They're, it's just a one, they've just been great. So we, that's where we are. Carrie, how about you? Where are you today? Here. That's right. I'm also here, I think. Um, so I am, uh, it, we are going on 12 years here at Dawson, which is crazy to think about. Um, I have uh, a 10th grade son named Caleb and a eighth grade daughter who just got her braces off this week. And currently I feel like I wear a lot of hats, but one of the main ones is taxi driver. Yes, Mm. I can relate. I, I feel that in my life in a big way. I just feel like I'm rushing, rushing, going here and going there. And it can be a little overwhelming. Do you like being in the car? You know, somebody gave me some wisdom years ago that was like, relish it because when they are driving, and Caleb just got his driver's license the day before he had knee surgery. So he hasn't really been able to utilize it yet. And I'm still driving him around because he's still recovering. But they said, relish it because when they start driving their self everywhere, you're going to miss the conversations mm-hmm. and that Well, time. and you're not going to know as much. Exactly. So I have tried to just relish it. But there are times when, you know, I loathe it. I, I relish the time with the kids, that aspect. But being in the car myself, by myself, I get tired. Why is it tiring oh, to I drive? I love to be in the car by myself. I don't. It just wears me out. I just think of all the things I should be doing. Like, I could be yes. washing laundry, but I'm driving <laughs> back from the dance studio. It just seems like a waste of time, strangely. Oh, and I take that time to be still and pray. So that's, that's my, good. Uh, yes. But that's I'm also a taxi driver, but it's for my 93-year-old mother, okay. which is yes. a, a difficult time in my life right now. And I yeah. think all of my friends are going through it, but it's 
It's, it's hard. It's challenging. Does she like to visit in the car, your mom? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's good quality time oh, with yeah, her then. Yeah, and she wants to stop by CVS and <laughs> get some numbers. Teenagers, too, uh-huh. and they want to run into the gas station. Uh-huh. Mama wants to get some number seven, so she's obviously, that's the um, eye cream, mm-hmm. you know, so she's definitely still with it and cares about her that's you know, cute. That's number seven eye cream. I need mm-hmm. to write that one down. I know, me too. Mm-hmm. So, okay, obviously, Phyllis and I are kind of in the empty nester aging parents world. Yes. Y'all are in the thick of parenting, but we're all, I mean, all of those things lend themselves to being peacemakers in one way or another. Um, I have no idea where I was going with that. What does being a peacemaker look like? Well, yeah, what does be, being a peacemaker look like in your life, just day to day? I mean, I think raising teenagers, I have to keep that in the forefront of my mind all the time because there are so many moments when I've gotten the eye roll or the little mumble under the breath or I feel like I have poured myself out every possible drop and then there's no appreciation or... And so, I mean, just for my own self... Not even being a peacemaker between two other people, but just a peacemaker in my own responses. Mm-hmm. I see that. How do you do that, though? Is that a is that a mental thing? Is it a count to ten? Like what what is? How do you? I mean, I think there are some practical things that we can do uh, for sure that anyone could do. But I think as people of faith, uh, one thing I just was really I felt like God just spoke to me as I was thinking about this topic was that it's really impossible to be a peacemaker if we're not keeping that greatest commandment in the forefront of our mind, which I can't really keep peace with somebody that I'm not showing love to. Yes. And it's that love that you can't really understand, that God can give you for your enemies, you know. Um, And I think when I just try to choose love instead of the snippy word back or losing my temper or whatever— then God helps me to choose a better thing, whether it's, you know, in, whether it takes counting to 10. Right. Or taking a time out or taking a walk. Mm-hmm. Because everything always seems a little less emotionally, you know, whatever, after a little walk. Mm-hmm. And I think um, God taught me during um, some valleys in my life, which one was a house fire and we lost everything. But he gave me peace after that because um, anyway we had animals in the house and the firemen were like we can only find one cat and I was like oh and the dog was out so it was all good and so it was just stuff and then um, the firemen went back in to look for the the cat and and, um, and it came it came around the corner and was like meow and I was just (laughs) like oh god thank you you know so I I was grateful during that time but anyway what that it was just stuff you know it didn't take a life but during that um, time, it just made me realize, like, someone, for instance, we're building a house right now or moving into my mom's house, and um, they messed up on a blind. They didn't bring one. And he's like, ma'am, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm like, hey, it's a blind. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's a blind. Perspective. So, right. absolutely. Yeah. So, those valleys, you know, just made me woo, woo. Right. Yeah. So, anyway, so that's, I just try to. Um, be kind 
and have gratitude. It sounds yeah, like, like just, you were grateful for what God had done, and yes. that can be helpful when you're trying to be a peacemaker. I was thinking about what you were saying, Carrie. One scripture that has come to my mind a lot lately is love covers over a multitude of sins. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes I have to remember that in the moment with myself and with my family, Mm -hmm. um, that that is our highest calling to love the Lord and to love our neighbors Mm -hmm. and our family as ourselves. But it's hard sometimes. It is. is. is Do you think it's harder to be at peace with yourself or with people around you or situations around you? Well, I hadn't thought about what Carrie's saying about, you know, it's not even being a peacemaker with the people in your, in your sphere. It's almost being a peacemaker within yourself when you're feeling bitterness or you're feeling not appreciated, turning it around and saying, that's challenge. Well, and Phyllis made me think of something when she talked about the fire, because I'm thinking we have storms coming today, Mm -hmm. right? right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, Jesus, peace be still in the storms, whether it's a storm of life or a storm that's just happening within your own self Mm -hmm. or, you know, a stormy mood. Mama got up on the, you know, I didn't get enough sleep. I didn't get that cup of coffee I needed. Mm -hmm. You can't be a peacemaker unless you have peace within yourself. Absolutely. That comes from the Lord. Yeah. All right. So Phyllis, you mentioned divorce care. I want you to kind of, I mean, that obviously there's got to be some um, peace in that process. And then also in what you're doing, you and your husband. Absolutely. So, so, so let's go there. Okay. Um, so I was married for 23 years. Um, I have two children, both are married. Um, I have two grandchildren and I was 50 years old and, um, my former spouse, which I prefer to say that than my ex, cause it's just, um, I just think that's so cruel. They are the father of right, my children. And right. I, I just think that you know, people can so easily today just go, my ex. Yeah. I just, anyway, so my former spouse, I uh, just didn't really want to be married anymore. Let me just put it that way. And, um, you know, I was like, God, you are wrong. No, you know, I just did not want a divorce. No one in my family was divorced. I was the first one. Um, so anyway, um, finally, he just hit me over the head and said, this, you've, you've got to leave, you know. So I did, and I drove this truck um, that said moving on up on the side, and I so wasn't, you know, I drove this Penske truck all the way to Birmingham. I was just in the deepest valley ever, mm-hmm. ever, ever. I hid, you know, I was just, I was just, it was just so rough. I thought I was going to die from the pain. It was yeah. so painful. So um, someone told me um, that Canterbury was having a divorce care, and so that I was like, well, if there's a parking place, I'll go, but if there's not, I'm not about to go. Um, of course, there was a parking place. So anyway, I went, I took the class. It saved my life. They were like, we've been praying for you by name. Not, not by name, but we've been praying for you to, to get here, you know. But I was like, really? <laughs> you know, it was so thirsty. And um, anyway, so then I took it again. And then I'm like, maybe this is what, maybe this is why God allowed me to get a divorce, you know, to, to use me to glorify in my suffering to glorify him. Mm -hmm. And it has been eight years. Well, anyway, then my husband and I got married and I said, would you ever consider, he's been divorced as well. And so I said, would you ever consider teaching this with me? You know, and he went and we did, and it's been eight years and we've, it's just been, um, it's just, it's just a beautiful ministry. And, and it's just amazing that he picked me to do this, (laughs) you know, little me, I don't know. Mm -hmm. That's so cool. 
So we're doing it at Dawson, and um, we did it last night. Um, everybody comes every time. Oh, and we also they have went went dinner on Wednesday night, so we um, feed them dinner. Um, you know, we let them take it home because you sure don't want to cook when you're divorced or alone. Right. And they just love that, and I think that's neat that we feed them. That's fantastic. What a practical ministry. Mm-hmm. And so needed. But yes. even in the way you talk about that, like what you, when you said, I don't, I don't want to call him my ex, like there's some kindness and some peace in that mm-hmm. that, that is just sort of a basic, that's what, that, that's what it looks like. Yes. It's not, it doesn't mean that you wanted to be divorced or that oh. there wasn't painful, but there are some, there is a way to kind of make peace with the situation. Or you will be bitter and you will, it will eat you alive. You yes. have to forgive. It may take a long time, but forgiveness is the huge part of that. I mean, you have to. And the only way you can is with Jesus in your heart. I mean, so. So you were from Birmingham originally? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you were living somewhere else and you came yes, back? Yes, in Fairhope. Okay. Okay. Drove back up here mm-hmm, and it wasn't moving fine. Moving on up. Been moving on up. And w- were you a Christian? Was your ex-husband a Christian? Y- yes. Um, um, but I, I mean, I argued with God. Um, so I would say I really didn't really become a strong Christian um, until until my divorce when okay. I really, on, the only way I could get through it was my hope lies in Jesus. And that was the only mm-hmm. way I could really survive it. And I know it now. And right. yeah, so that's what we teach in divorce care is that's where your hope lies. Yes. So that looks very different than what we see in our culture. Mm. Just this, that, that there is, there can be peace in the middle of, of a storm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and I, I oftentimes wish at church, you know, when, when they say, you know, I know some of you are out there suffering with cancer, um, you know, someone's just died, whatever, but they hardly ever touch on, you know, that some of you could be sitting right next to your spouse and have such an empty marriage I, I just wish that divorce, it's its so, it's just the thing, I mean, everybody does it today, and it's horrible, and I just, I didn't want it. Well, I think, too, that's such a private pain, like you're saying, or we kind of live like there's shame around it, or yes, when in reality, um, we can be ministers to one another right. if we can be vulnerable and say, you know, this is something I'm struggling with. And that's what's beautiful about divorce care is you almost are coming in in a vulnerable situation mm-hmm. already. But you're right. I mean, I think that that is happening in our pews mm-hmm. long before people show up at divorce care. There's yeah. a lot of pain and suffering that leads up to that that we don't talk about. Yeah, often. and that, I just want them to know there is help. And, mm-hmm. um, and uh Last night, I forgot what I was saying. Last so, night at divorce care? Um, yeah, I think we were just saying that you could be lying in the bed um, with just the biggest stranger, you know, just a big, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so I remember I was lying in the bed, and I just told my my former spouse, um, you know, I just wish you could hold me and tell me everything's going to be okay, and he did not turn over. And so that night I just said, Jesus, will you hold me? You yes. know, I could cry right now because— it's still so. I'm happily married, and um, but it's just so painful, y'all. So the rejection, the rejection, the rejection, yes. and it broke my spirit. I thought I would never feel joy again. Here, I don't want to go off on this because this is so. No, it's so good. But it, to um, hear. you know, I just was like, 
oh my gosh, how can I be this broken? Right, right. But I did heal. It takes time too. And people want it to be better next week. They kind of want to fix it with someone else, you know, feel mm-hmm. it. <laughs> and no, but so that, you know, you have to um, mourn it, you know, and own it and then walk on. And when, when you're ready, walk Jesus away from it. Jesus was there for you in Absolutely. your valley and near. And turned it around to glorify him. Right. I've just, yeah, I'm amazed by it. He brings beauty from ashes. That's yeah. the scripture that comes to my mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what, just in general, obviously in Phyllis's case, the divorce, but what robs us of our peace? I'm laughing because my house is not a very peaceful house most of the time with four kids and two teenagers. And Is it not peaceful or is it? It's just loud. It's just chaotic. Chaotic and loud. But, but that's, that doesn't necessarily mean there there's t- an absence of peace. Sometimes, you know, and we're all broken and fallen people and. But well, in the picture us? we can have of peace might be quite different from what he's meaning when he says, blessed are the peacemakers, right. or they shall be called the children of God, right? right. Isn't that the mm-hmm. full scripture? So when we think peace, we just think quiet and calm and serenity, like yes. a day at the spa, and, mm-hmm. you know, there's music playing and birds chirping. But, I mean, I think to be truly a peacemaker, we can't run from conflict and from chaos, Mm-hmm. I think to be a peacemaker, often you have to walk towards it and you have to confront it. And that, that is something I did not grow up seeing. Um, and I think my mom is like a saint. I adore that woman, but she is very much like a pacifist. Is that the right word? Mm-hmm. Like she runs from conflict. She mm-hmm. hates it. And she'll keep peace. Just She'll be miserable in order to keep <sighs> peace. And I had to learn later in life that that is not necessarily what Christ meant. I, I don't believe when he said be a peacemaker. He didn't mean run away from it because I think as believers we have to sometimes confront the chaos. We have to confront the storm and in a godly and loving way then we make peace. And I think um, spreading yourself too thin and trying to be everything to everybody mm-hmm. is my flaw for sure. Um, and then I'm, I'm not at peace and, you know, just frustrated and mm-hmm. I don't like myself when I'm like that, <laughs> yeah. which is kind of like today I'm doing this and I'm running right, to do, the, you know, right. and I think we all are running, running and it's, it's just. Well, and you literally are going to be in the middle of the storm this afternoon. I You're am. about taking your mom <laughs> to the doctor. I am. And I'm think, I, the, I keep thinking about Jesus asleep in the boat, you know, mm-hmm. and, and we're talking about confronting the storm uh-huh. and, you know. He's like, what are y'all worried about? Mm-hmm. And yet the storm was swirling all around them. Mm-hmm. So how often are we swirling around with it when, you know, we ought to just be asleep in the boat? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I love all the words of the fruit of the Spirit, you know, just patience, kindness, love, peace, yes. self-control. Just I love those words. And um, I, I don't know, I just think through Jesus, you you. Right. Have that. I used to pray the fruits of the spirit a lot when I had toddlers, um, and I was a new mom, mm-hmm. <laughs> and becoming aware that I was not those things in and of myself. Oh, yeah. I was not full of love, joy, peace, patience, and 
and I recognize my neediness that I didn't exhibit those in the middle of strong wills and tantrums and public outings. Mm -hmm. And so I would pray those Mm -hmm. so often. And now I'm sitting here thinking I should be praying those more now with the teenage stage, Mm -hmm. teenager stage. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think we have two college students, two children that are college students. And there are days when I think this is way harder than anything we've been through because just because they're adults technically, but you know, there's still a lot of parenting that goes along with it. And um, you don't expect that necessarily. It's good when people warn you about things like that, though. <laughs> there were ages and stages no one warned me about, and it just Teenager hit me like was definitely one that I was not prepared for how difficult it has been. What'd you say? Teenager oh, yeah. years. I, I didn't oh. feel prepared for how difficult it's been. And there is sort of a sweet spot there in the middle between, like, toddlers and teenagers uh-huh. where, like, Grace is seven, and she's just joy and, yeah. you know, wants to— be with us and thinks we're the best thing that's ever existed. And well, and like our teenagers, we didn't have, they weren't terribly rebellious. They weren't right. like, we didn't have what I would consider like big issues, mm-hmm. but just, you know, their bodies are changing and their and middle school is horrible. And yeah, you know, it's just, uh, there's so many things going on that, that you really, you're right. I mean, people talk about, Oh, teenagers are terrible, but you know, there's something about even even easy teenagers. It's just there's so much going on that you're just like, it's almost like I, you got to take a temperature every hour. Like, are we okay? Mm-hmm. Yes. You know? I think it's less about them and more about like the world's influence and like everything that's happening around them and their friendships and the, and the things I, that they're facing. I think for me, it was the thing that I, no one had ever said. I, I feel like raising a teenager is this letting go that happens Mm -hmm. a little bit along the way. And every time that apron string, another one is snipped, there's a mourning that happens within myself. Mm -hmm. And and I grieve it. I grieve that thing that I no longer am asked to do or that is not that connection is not there. And it's supposed to happen. I just was not prepared for the constant grieving of my children slowly becoming adults. Right. Yes. I can and it's celebrate exciting. it and I can grieve it simultaneously. It's exciting to watch them. And there are days when you think, oh my gosh, they really are going to turn into decent human beings. Yes. And yet at the same time, you're almost surprised. At, I mean, I think you're going to be surprised when, you know, your son drives off with your daughter in the car and you're like, well... I'm irrelevant now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they don't even need a ride anymore. Right. Yeah. And as excited as you are for the time you're going to get back, you're like, wait a minute. Uh Nobody Mm -hmm. told me that that was going to be sad. Right. I've been surprised. I feel like my teenagers have gone through kind of a grieving as well of not being children anymore. Mm. You know, like friendships not working out like they thought they would. And the big things that they're having to face, the extra responsibilities. Um, And I think they've grieved in their own way and had to, like, adjust to that difference. It's been interesting. So in that kind of context, and and Phyllis and I somewhat with our older parents, like, how do you you sort of model peace in the – 
not necessarily just difficult circumstances, but just kind of in our culture. Because, um, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking in parenting in particular, there's, there's a lot of opportunities for when your kids are off the rails to jump on that train. But there's also opportunity to be like, you can, you can have peace in these uncertainty. Well, like you said, modeling it. I mean, it's the way we respond to things. It's also coaching them through those responses. And I think it's important as parents that we go to God's word, you know, quote scripture to your children, you know, mm-hmm. talk about it. That's why we're, you know, so adamant in the Bible about having it on the wall and on the, above the door mm-hmm. frame. And I mean, really, if we're walking in that way, then we're modeling being peacemakers and how we respond to things that happen at home and responding to things that happen at school and responding to things that we see or experience on television or in social media. Um, I think it's so easy to be cruel today. And, you know, when it it's just on the computer or on our phone. Right. Mm-hmm. And modeling being peacemakers in those ways as well. And I'm going to go back to, to divorce care again. But... Um, your children are watching the way you react and handle it, you know, and so if you're sitting there trashing their the other parent, mm-hmm. it, I would never do that or or in public, you know, you just right. people are watching and and people have come up to me and said you handled it with such, you know, grace and whatever. But well, and with social media, you mentioned it is so easy to yeah, to fall into that. It is. Horrible, yeah. horrible swirl and even if you're not the one trashing somebody, but you're in you're in the the loop, so so to speak. So, yeah, that's. I have serious road rage. So if somebody cuts me off, I'm in the car because there's that piece of glass in between us, and I'm like, come on, and I just like <laughs> lose it. And my kids witness that. And Chloe said to me one day, Mom, I don't think that's how God wants you to respond. I'm like, they can't hear me, and she's like, but God can. And I was like, oh, uh-huh, you're he's right. That's what you're like. <laughs> That's where you're like, oh, my gosh, they really are paying attention to what I'm uh-huh. saying and what I'm doing. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, my husband, MJ, has road rage, too. And um, so, like, we'll be on the way to church, you know, and somebody will cut him off, and he'll just get on their tail, you know. And I'm like, and then we park, you know, and I'm like, because I don't enjoy conflict or, you know, I like to kind of stay calm. And um, I'm like, did that really make you feel better to, you know, ride that person's tail? Right. Sometimes, That's, yes, it does, Phyllis. Well, <laughs> Well, okay then. I love that. We agree to disagree. No, I'm teasing. No, but I mean, it isn't godly just because it made me feel better. The thing is, Carrie, if people saw you, they would have the very last thing they would say about you is that you have road rage. Isn't she kind? Uh I mean, I think I would be like, Carrie has road rage? No way. It's just behind that piece of glass. You know, if it were if we were walking down the street and they cut in line, I'd be like, it's okay. (laughs) Somehow, it just gives me bravery. Do you have tinted windows on top of it? (laughs) Yes, I do. (laughs) Well, speaking of road rage, let's go back to scripture. Um, (laughs) You mentioned scripture, Mm -hmm, so I I know you got to run. So before you leave, what are there? Is there a scripture that sort of helps you get back to peace when when you're in a road rage incident? Up here, I'm kidding about the road rage, but no, you can tease me about it all you want. Um, So. The scripture that I kind of, I don't know, that felt like God gave me for today, and I think it's a great one for when you're having road rage or when you're raising teenagers or when you're dealing with your 93-year-old mother, Mm -hmm. 
is Romans 12, 18. So if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. That's fantastic. I love that. That was good. And that doesn't say that as you're get, that everything's going to be you. peaceful. It just yeah. says as far as you're concerned, mm-hmm. which really is the only thing you can control anyway. So true. And my scripture is very simple. Mine is be still uh, and know that I'm God. Fantastic. Um, and yes. that is because I'm always trying to run and fix everything, and I just need to be still. When it's all said and done... We can't be at peace with others until we're at peace with God and at peace with ourselves. And were you surprised to hear that part of peace includes forgiveness and even grief? Everywhere you are today, may you experience peace and remember these words from Psalm 4610, be still and know that I'm God. And from Romans 12, 18, if possible, So far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Until next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of Everywhere You Are. Please rate and review us on your podcast platform and share us with other women that you think could benefit from hearing about God working in the lives of ordinary women. To learn more about the Dawson family of faith, please visit DawsonChurch.org and find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. We look forward to meeting you.